Michael Kennedy doesn't get it. Podcast. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? This is the Michael Kennedy Doesn't Get It podcast, and I'm your main man, Kennedy Alexander Robertson. I'm here with my guy, Michael Glover. Mike G, what's going on, baby? What's going on, my dude? How you been? I'm good, my brother. How about yourself? I'm all right, man. But today, I got a little irritated. Uh Uh-oh. Tell me why you mad, son. Yo, all right, so... My wife was tied up in meetings today, um, so I had to. I had the boys. I had the boys with me all morning, trying to make sure that they were good to go. And she had a lunch break, and so she was saying, during my lunch break, can you order the pizza so that way it'll be here by the time I, I'm finished and I'm on lunch, so that way I don't have to waste time. Not a problem. So I said, well, what time is your lunch? She said, I'm not sure. I'll find out. So she never responded back. Then about 45 minutes later, she was asking, did you order the pizza? I said, no, you never text me. And she was like, I text you at like 11.15 or something. And I was like, it never went through. I said, I'm checking my phone and I'm checking my iPad. I said, it never came through. And so she was getting ready to take her. <clears throat> so I said, well, the pizza's going to be here for an hour. It's going to take an hour for the pizza to get here. And that'll be past your lunch. I said, do you want me to just go pick something up? So she said, yeah if you don't mind. So I packed the boys up because she's still in her meeting. So I packed the boys up. Go to Zaxby's. She wanted her Zaxby's. Not a problem. Order Zaxby's. Get two sweet teas and a lemonade. And they asked, do you want to hold her? I said, yes, please. So I put it in my lap. I put the, you know, I have the cups in my, in my lap and everything else. And I reached for the bag to get the food and knocked both big sweet teas in my car. When you tell me, when I tell you a brother is hot, ice, when I say turned over, like it wasn't like spilled, just like, oh, the cap popped off and I got to put the cap back. Tipped over, dash. Oh, bruh, I was scooping ice, throwing it out the window. I, <laughs> Justin was in the back. He was like, oh, dad, I feel so bad for you. (laughs) Oh, I was hot. I was hot. This is one of those, when I used to play basketball, and if I twisted my ankle or something like that coming down the court, and I twist my ankle or, you know, sprain something, Sometimes I would just think, man, like, God, all these people in this gym, like, why me? (laughs) Why me? That is what I thought today when I knocked those sweet teas in my car. And you know, sweet tea is sticky because when I knocked that over, I was just like, God, why me? So, yeah, I I was, oh, I was hot. I was hot. Oh man! Well, y'all, that was our new segment. Tell them why you mad, son. And, <laughs> hey, Mike. That's, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that, man. I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> that's 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 terrible, man. But thanks for sharing, brother. Oh wait, wait. Therapy claps. Thank you for sharing. Therapy right now. This is therapy, people. Thank you for sharing, Michael. All right, all right. Uh, so 
today, guys, what we got? Um, Mike, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm pretty sure you've noticed because uh, uh, everybody's talking about it. The uh, CDC's guidelines for masks apparently just went out the window. So I guess COVID is officially over? Unofficially, officially over? Between the CDC and your Governor McMaster, I think COVID is a thing of the past. Uh, I say, I say, I say, we are declaring COVID is done. I say, I say. That's that's our Governor Henry McMaster. Henry Foghorn Leghorn McMaster has declared uh, a CDC. We will not uh, uh, demand or require mask wearing anywhere, really. Um now, I think it's safe to say, Mike, that the rest of the country has finally caught up to uh, the city of Atlanta, and we are no longer wearing masks. <laughs> Bruh, I don't know what is going on. Now, mind you, he, it, the CDC is saying that if you have been fully vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask, with the few exceptions of prison, which I don't plan on going anytime soon, hospital, which I hope I don't go anytime soon, Buses, trains, airplanes. Um, now, the problem is that that does not include the almost 50 million children who can't be vaccinated. Mm. <clears throat> so, I, man, so right now I'm, I'm just kind of at a loss. Um, I'm still going to wear my mask when I'm inside. When I'm outdoors, not so much, but I haven't been anyway outdoors. Now, if I'm around other people and we're within close proximity, I'll wear my mask. But if I'm outdoors, I'm okay. Indoors, I, I try to always wear my mask. Okay, okay. Yeah, I for the most part, I definitely keep my mask on. And I think going forward, I will wear my mask a lot more often. Not, not just because of COVID, because what I realize is like, if you notice in 2020, not only did like COVID kind of go like COVID was a thing, but a lot of people didn't catch COVID. A lot of also a lot of people didn't catch colds. They didn't get the flu, all these other things. I was like, hmm, maybe it's not a bad idea to wear a mask. You know, yeah, you might look a little strange. People might look at you strange or you might be a little bit uncomfortable or it might be take some getting used to. But it's like, man, if it's going to protect from the common cold, why not? That, you know, acting like this mandate has been dropped months ago. That's the problem. Yeah. Just refuse to wear a mask. You're infringing upon my rights. My rights. My <laughs> rights. So I think that that's one of the issues right now. The funny thing is with Governor McMaster's mandate, right now the districts are kind of caught in the middle because the districts are essentially saying, look, until we get our lawyers to kind of look at this because the language was so vague and it, it, it was just questionable. You ask us to allow, them, uh, allow parents to fill out a waiver. The waiver hadn't been created yet at the time. We are now starting to get students with waivers, but then the district is saying, hold on, we're still wearing our mask when you're on our, our district property or in our schools we are requiring masks until further notice. CDC is, I mean, excuse me, McMaster is saying masks don't have to be worn if parents sign a waiver. That's where we're starting to collide. That's where we're starting to bump heads and schools are getting caught in the middle. Mm. 
the CDC is talking about masks are not required, whether indoors or outdoors, if you're not around a crowded area, which schools are crowded, if you're fully vaccinated. The problem is you have children, which you and I both work, who cannot be vaccinated at the time because they're too young. So we're, what I think is going to wind up happening is we're going to start seeing numbers spike again. I wouldn't be surprised if political parties start pointing fingers saying, oh, see, the numbers went up. You know, we did it the way you said. And, you know, I think a lot of times politicians, they undermine one another just to make the other look bad <clears throat> going on now. So when we start seeing these numbers spike again, I think that's going to be the play. I think that's going to be the play. Yeah, you, you definitely like you have a split camp amongst people, especially a, a political it's interesting to see how a, a, a deadly virus has become politicized. And it's like, yo, America's not the only people that's going through this. It's like, this thing is tearing India up. It it tore, like, all the elderly people up in Italy. Like, this thing is serious. It went, it, you know, tore through South America and uh, different parts of Africa. Like, this ain't, this, <laughs> yo, this ain't just something that's going on in America and trying to figure out if we're gonna have a new president or not. Like this is something that's like really happening, and and some people are so 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 nearsighted that they can't you know see that this is a bigger issue than them and and their you know set of beliefs or whatever. And and like so, you kind of have these two camps where you got the people who are like, no, let's like, let's wear a mask and let's, you know, do what we're supposed to do to make sure that everybody's safe. And then you got the other people it's like, it's a conspiracy and that's serious. The the recovery rate is, uh, is like 99.0%. I'm like, yeah, but like, so you're saying it's okay if certain people die? I'm like, it's like, I'm not okay with anybody dying. Like, I don't want anybody to die from something that they shouldn't die from. Like, I don't, I don't, don't compare it to car accidents and all this other stuff. Like, I don't want people to die from cancer. Like, don't compare it to cancer. It's like, yo, we don't want people to die. So it's like, I'm not okay with losing anybody. So the fact that we had a d disease that was probably, you know, you take the right precautions ahead of time, is probably preventable. If you lose one person or a uh, hundred people or a thousand people, but we just always like, like, like over a half a million people. Like, yeah. that's not... That's not cool. Like, people that should still be here. You know? I think that I'm concerned about, honestly, is the longer this goes on, the more likely, and we already have seen different strands starting to come through. And so that's the thing that I'm concerned about because I think if we wind up getting a second wave and it's a new strand, it may be even more aggressive than the first. And so... These are things that you have to think of as far as the long haul. Right now, we're getting vaccinated for one strand, but the longer this is going on, the longer we have this pandemic in this country, the more likely we're going to see another strand come through. And then the vaccination just received, it's not going to be any good. Um, so I think that's something that we need to honestly think about as well. But you're right. It's, it's a shame that a pandemic has become politicized, right? So, you know, people on the left looking, take your mask, you know, wear your mask, protect yourself, protect others, things of that nature. 
people on the right, hey, don't believe it's that serious. There's a 99% survival rate. If you had a 99% chance of surviving something, you would be like, oh, I'm pretty safe. And so that's the mentality. But you're right. There are a lot of people who have died, underlying conditions, things of that nature, that it was senseless, it was needless if everybody just took the proper precautions. So, yeah. Yeah. We shall see. We shall see. Hey, man. So, Tim Tebow. Yeah. University of Florida, Tim Tebow, two-time national champion, Heisman winner, Tim Tebow, drafted by the Denver Broncos, played three years in the league, and never got back on the football field. Nine years later, apparently, Jacksonville Jaguars are trying him out as a tight end. Now, I just want to say, Tim Tebow is 33 years old. He'll be 34 in August. Hasn't played in the league in nine years. Has never played the tight end position. What are your thoughts, brother? <laughs> I know where you're going with this, but we're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tebow, hey, man, if, if, if Master P can get a tryout for the Toronto Raptors... I say... I thought it was Charlotte Hornets. He did something with Toronto also. Okay. Yeah, the Hornets, the Raptors. I mean, I mean, why not, man? Because, like, the thing about that I've always liked about Tim Tebow, was he the most talented no. person? No. Was no. he the most gifted person? No. No. But you know what Tim Tebow is? What's that? And why he always has a spot on my team? He's a good he, Christian. No, that don't win football games because there's good Christians on the other team too. That <laughs> 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 don't win football games. But Tebow is a winner. Tebow, Tebow, Tebow has the winning attitude. Tebow, Tebow, what he's saying? Tebow, Tebow, <laughs> Tebow has the ability, for, I don't know why, to make people on his team believe, well, even when they really shouldn't believe. Like that Denver Broncos team when they finally let him play, and they were like two and seven headed for the draft, you know, because they were terrible. And then Tebow got in; it was Tebow time. Went to the playoffs, beat the the highly favored Pittsburgh Steelers. Tebow threw the Tebow. I keep calling his name Tebow. Tebow threw the winning touchdown. I mean, I mean, in, in overtime. I mean, the guy's a winner, uh, even when he shouldn't be winning. And so that's why I always rock with Tebow, man. Um, so I, I don't know how his teammates, I, and I know a lot of people, and, and I, you know, you're probably going to do it, so I'll let you have it. Make the Kaepernick comparisons and this, that, and the third, but they're, they're just trying to, it's a tryout. He ain't starting tight end. Like, he trying out. I mean, that's the Jaguars. You know, prerogative. If that's what they want to do, they want to put a, a six foot one quarterback at tight end. I or six two, however tall he is. I mean, you know, I say why not? From a Tebow perspective, if you had the opportunity, if I had the opportunity, I can't say I wouldn't do the same thing. Like if I, if somebody said, like he went and played baseball, 
for a little bit. He tried out. He didn't stick with it. You know, he did the analyst thing. I think he's a really good sports analyst. I think he's really good because uh, he does a really good job of uh, trying to inspire the uh, on the uh, game day Saturday. Am I saying it right? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm with it, man. I, I, I think it's, it's cool. I don't know if it's going to sell tickets or not, but I'm interested to see if Tebow can do what they ask a lot of black quarterbacks to, to do, play another position. You know, when, so let's go. Let's go, Tebow. It's Tebow time. First of all, he's going to sell tickets. Tebow, Tebow moves the league. He, he moves the needle. So, okay. yeah, he's going to sell tickets. If he's on the Jack in Florida, especially, if he's on that roster, people That's will. That's Northern Florida, though. Hey. What's that? Yeah, nah, it's- it doesn't matter where he goes. People <laughs> will see him. All right. Um, I think Tebow is a football player. He, I don't he he's he does not do anything well on the field. Yeah, he motivates. He's a rah-rah guy. He's gonna get you hype. But I don't know if guys who were probably in middle school and high school when Tebow last played in the league, I don't know if he's gonna affect them that way. Um right now, I, I think Tebow's a nice guy from what I've heard and from everything that I've seen, every interview. I've never seen him misstep as far as personally. I think he's he seems like a really nice guy. His faith is important to him. His family is important to him. Those values that everybody should hold dear to themselves, I, I mean, uh, within themselves, I think he he's, he's a great role model from that standpoint. He's a football player, but he doesn't do anything well. Like, what benefit does he have or what benefit does he bring to being on that football field with a, a lot of guys who may not ever get another opportunity the way he's getting the opportunity? Name a, and I, I say Cal, Colin Kaepernick right now as an example because Cap is not in the league. And we've been talking about this for years of Cap not being in the league. Des Bryant isn't even in the league. Right, Des Bryant, the wide receiver for the for the Dallas Cowboys, he did get a chance with the Saints. He wound up, I think, blowing his ACL or something, so he was injured. Um, I, I'm not sure if he's in the league right now anymore, if he's signed or if he was released. But they're not in the league now. In Cap's defense, well, not the Cap's defense, but in defense, um, in regards to Kaepernick, I am of the belief that Kaepernick doesn't want to play in the NFL right now, anyway. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have anything to gain. He has more to lose playing in the NFL than he has to gain. Because right now, Cap is an icon. Cap is on a pedestal where everybody is Cap this, Cap that. You know, give Cap a chance. Give, But if Cap honestly wanted to be in the league, he would be. Now, he would have probably had to take a pay cut, but that would have been a great opportunity for him to showcase his skills to get that next big contract. But he didn't want the pay cut. But in actuality, I just don't think he wanted to play because then what happens is if he winds up getting on the team and he stinks, then people can sit up there and say, that's why he ain't, he's not on the team. That's why teams didn't want to sign him. So he had more to lose if he actually made it to an NFL team than 
what he's doing now. Right now, he's an icon, right? So I'll say that you can almost argue the Kaepernick thing, but in all honesty, I don't think Cap wants to be in the league anyway. Now, with that said, the problem that I have with this whole Tebow thing, and you alluded to it earlier, but the thing that I have is the privilege. Mm. I have an issue with the privilege that is afforded to, it's, you look around the country, it's a good old boy system oftentimes. That's why we have things in place like affirmative action, right? Not necessarily that a candidate who is best qualified gets the position, but because I know, you know, I know you or you're, you're the son of one of my friends, I'm going to come and look out for you. And it's a good old boy system. That's why we have the Rooney rule in place in the NFL where coaches who are, or excuse me, coaching vacancies, there has to at least be a one minority candidate who is interviewed. And sometimes it's a farce because you already know you want to hire Urban Meyer, but you got to interview this black candidate nonetheless because of the rule. But at the same time, we have these things in place because old boys. And this right here reeks of it. Right now, Tebow is getting an opportunity because he knows Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer and him are close. Urban Meyer is giving him a shot, letting him back in. Now, you can't put him in at quarterback because we saw the last <coughs> quarterback, what that looked like. Not only that, you just drafted Trevor Lawrence number one. So that's going to be your starting quarterback. But I got something else for you, Tim. I'm going to create this. You can come in and you can be a, a tight end. Tim Tebow has never played tight end. On the college level, nor the definitely not the pro level. I don't even think he's played ever played it in in high school. So you're creating a position for somebody who's never played it. That position could have gone to some black kid from Jacksonville State, a minority, you know, an HBCU, to give him an opportunity that could have changed the life. <laughs> Tim Tebow doesn't need this. He doesn't need this. Not only that, I don't even think a lot of the players in the locker room is going to respect it. Yeah, that's going to be the interesting interest, interesting thing to see uh, how that works out in the locker room. That's that's what I'm more so interested to see. Um, man, that this is that is tricky. You know, talking about privilege and... I mean, ah, it's definitely some sort of nepotism. Oh, because I don't want to pull a white privilege card on this one. Because, I mean, I think at some point we've all, a lot of us have benefited from knowing somebody in a high position. Um, so it's like, ah, I mean, yes, it's the NFL. And, you know, I, I get it. Because, I mean, like, I... I, I don't know, man. It's tough. It's tough. I don't begrudge, I don't begrudge Tebow. I don't. Yeah. I really don't. Because you alluded to it earlier. If somebody gave me an opportunity, I'm, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't take it as well. I don't begrudge Tebow. The issue I have is with Urban Meyer. That's, yeah. that's the issue that I honestly have because Urban, and he has a history of, he has a history of 
bringing people in. And they said, I think they did a report that basically he has a circle of trust or something when he was at high, um, at Florida. Players came about, came out about it later on and they were like, star players get preferential treatment and all of this stuff. And he has this quote unquote circle of trust. I think one of his coaches at Ohio State was um, suspected of spousal abuse, you know, of domestic violence or something like that. And Urban Meyer knew of it, but he protects him and he kept it in house and things of that nature. And so it's, it's I'm gonna protect you. I'm gonna, you know, once you're in my circle, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look out for you and everything else, which, you know, I guess in certain contexts could be a good thing. But I think when others see that people get privilege, I think that's where the issue falls into play. So with Urban Meyer, I think that's where I have the biggest issue. You are a first-year coach in the NFL. These men are looking at you. These men are looking at you and looking at what you do. And as a coach, you should be above, you should be above the fray. You should be, hey, I'm gonna put the best person on the field. Because if no other sport is a meritocracy, Football is a meritocracy where you earn it. You earn the opportunity to get on that field. And for Tebow to get an opportunity that he's never even earned, that's an issue that I think a lot of people are looking at and they're like, yo, this ain't cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, when I saw the headline, I was definitely, yeah, yeah that's, that's going to be interesting. I thought he was, at first I thought he was, uh, you know, getting a quarterback uh, offer like a backup quarterback or something. I, then I was about to get hot, but then I saw his tight end. I was like, "This is interesting." Um, I didn't realize that Urban Meyer was the coach in Jacksonville, um, but so now I, I guess I'm leaning toward more. So I guess Tebow will most likely be on the team come this fall because I thought it was just Jacksonville just saying, "Hey, Tebow's been working out. We saw some stuff and we like what we saw." Well, I mean, not to say that that part isn't true. Also, that Tebow's been working out and they like some stuff. I'm sure he wasn't just sitting around at the house just chilling. And Urban was like, all right, hey, hey, Bo, going down to Jacksonville, Bo. And, you know, and Tebow's like, sure thing, coach. Let me pray about it. You know, nothing like that. But I, it's going it's to be interesting to see, man. But I, I guess I do see the 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 bigger picture uh, uh, is, you know, of privilege and if you look hard enough, I guess you could go white privilege, but I I can't say that because J. Cole getting ready to play in the basketball league in Rwanda. I can think of I can I can go touch probably 30, 30 guys that will be like, hey no if J. Cole walked in the gym, they'd be like, I will I will murder him. Like I will give him buckets. That's not murder him like kill him, y'all, but like yeah. score a lot of points on him in a basketball game. That's what I yeah. mean. Like I, I could I can go touch thirty guys of Columbia right now that would be like I would give J. Cole problems on a basketball court. And he's getting you know, he probably I don't know if he he's probably not getting paid or if he is getting paid a little bit or whatever. You know, it's definitely gonna benefit the Rwandans uh uh basketball league. But I can't say that if I was in these guys' shoes, I wouldn't do something do the same thing, man. Like Yeah, I I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I, I definitely hear what you're saying. 
and uh, and you you make some valid points. So it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm gonna regret telling this story. Okay. All right. This story is almost twenty over twenty, but I'm gonna tell the story nonetheless. So um, if Al, Ron, or Amp are listening. I'm going to probably block their numbers for now. <laughs> so I was at I was at the Blot. They used to play pickup games all the time. The Blot. They used to play pickup games all the time out in USC. And I was, man, about 19, 20 years old. And I went to USC, and we were playing a game. Now, at the time, Kenny, you know, you know back in the days, I, I actually, when I was actually in shape, you know, I can I could get up. Mm-hmm. I was I would do is I would wear a, a weight a weight vest, right? I would wear a weight vest, and that was part of my training. I would I would play. I wouldn't play with too much weights or anything, but I would play with some weights and stuff to get my strength up, to get my explosiveness, my quickness. Um, and so I was wearing this weight vest, and I was playing. I had I had the next game. There's this dude named Rice. Rice was a local, everybody knew him. Dude can hoop. Dude was a baller. This is especially when and one was just popping off. Rice was in the gym. He he worked on his craft. He worked on his craft. Nice, nice jump shot, smooth game. And so when the game started, I knew I was I was guarding rice. I was gonna have to guard rice. And this dude, it, like I said, game is smooth. No flaws in his game. And before the game started, he came to me and he grabbed me by my vest. He was like, hey, man. He's like, take this off. This is real disrespectful. Right? Like, in other words, you're wearing a weight vest guarding me, like, Take this off. This is real disrespectful. And I was like, man, Rice, go ahead, man. I'm just, you know, whatever, whatever. I'm just trying to train all that stuff. And he said, yo, I'm going to drag you. Now, I'm like, whatever. Like, I know he can play. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm focused, right? I'm wearing my weight vest nonetheless. We're playing their games and stuff, going back and forth. Rice gets on a break. And I'm, I'm coming down. He gets a steal. I'm coming down. Is me and Rice on the fast break. Rice jumps to get ready to dunk. I can jump too. Him and I are about the same height. I'm going to jump too. Mm. And so I'm going up because I'm going to block this. No big deal. I'm playing defense, right? Rice is still rising. <laughs> I'm on my way back down. And he got me. Boom. Dunks on me. Jim erupts. I told you I was going to drag you. I told you, take that shit off. Here's my point. (laughs) When Tebow steps on that field, that dude's going to have a target on his back. There's some hungry cats out there who are ready to drag him and to make a name for themselves. They are ready to be on Sports Center, they are ready to be a YouTube sensation. They are going to drag this dude. 
And that's what's going to happen to Tebow. Tebow, Tebow is going to have a target on his back just because of who he is. <clears throat> and they can make a name off themselves. Tebow going to come across that middle trying to get a... Go ahead and try to come across that middle. There's a linebacker who's eyeing you the whole time, ready to drop you, right? There's a safety. This is for training camp. This is cats on his own team. Forget if he makes the team and winds up playing on a Sunday. It ain't going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right about all of that. And, uh... Dang, I ain't know you got dunked on like that. <laughs> Tell you something, real, real talk. I've been dunked on, and I've dunked on people. I, I, I mean, and I've always said, and I, I don't get embarrassed from getting dunked on. It, it, it ain't, it's nothing. I, I used to tell people two things. If you've never been dunked on, one of two things: either a, you're not playing anybody, or b, you're not playing defense. Right. So if you're playing, you know, you're playing help side. I mean, it's going to happen sometimes. It's not a big deal. But, man, I can't believe I actually told that story on this podcast. Yeah, you got jammed on, bro. Oh, I I did. And 20 years later, when Al, LaRon, they still talk about it. And and the thing about it is, like, I know I got dumped. Like, we all know the story, but they keep telling the story like it just happened yesterday, and it's old. Like, it really gets old. And I'm just like, I just, I just, I just get quiet because I'm like, all right, let me go ahead and let them get their laughs in and everything. But it's like, dude, it's been 20 years, and every time we get together, you tell the same story. So therefore, I'm, I'm taking the offensive, and I'm trying to take it. Take, I'm gonna get my power back, and I'm gonna tell the story in my way. So there it is. It ain't the thing. It, I got, and I got to turn my mic on for this one. See, it ain't the thing that you got dunked on. It's the thing that you jumped. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, that's Marty, man. I know you guys heard Marty's voice. That's Marty. That's Marty, y'all. <laughs> I'm sorry, Marty. I like you better when you had your mic off. <laughs> I'm, I'm out, man. I was trying to figure out why you jumped, too. Yeah, you jumped. Like, why? I was kidding. Like, there's one thing being under there and just like and just getting down on, but another oh, thing, like... We were coming down, and we met at the rim. No, y'all did not meet at the rim. I know. <laughs> you showed up early, and he showed up on time. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I, I was... I was playing defense. I mean, it is what it is, man. I ain't embarrassed. I I, I get it, Mike, because I I, I do the same thing, Marty. I I would jump. Um, I've never been dunked on straight up. Put back dunks. I I can. I know everybody that's ever dunked on me, and I know everybody I've ever dunked on. And I can say, uh, I guess because I'm shorter than you, everybody I've dunked on is much taller than me. So I... I, hey man, I've gotten I've I've gotten some names and I've gotten taken. The worst that wasn't even the worst time I ever got dunked on though. Honestly, check this out. All right, this ain't even. God man, where, where are we going here? There once again, USC at the Black. There was this dude. I think his name was Vaughn. I think mm-hmm. his name was Vaughn, and he was about six one, six one. I have never. In my life, and I've played against some cats. I've never seen a dude with vert the way that I mean, just natural, natural. I want to say he had a 50 inch vert easily. 
That's how nasty he was. And I had the next game, somebody got hurt, and they were like, yo, we just need one. I was like, well, I got next. And they're like, man, you can still have your next. Just, 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 we just need one. It was point game. And so I was like, all right, well, I got, you know, I'll get Vaughn. I think that was his name. It, it might, yeah. But anyway, so I was like, no problem. I'll get him. And so he was at the elbow, the free throw line, you know, at the extension. And I was behind him and they were checking the ball in. And I promise you, he said up there, they had game point. And the guy was like, all right, check, check. Vaughn hooked me, spun. Dude just threw the lob. Boom, game. That was it. Dang, boy. Hey, man. That was the nastiest out of every... That was the nastiest. Rice, they keep on joking about that. That's just because LeBron and them saw it, so they they go on that one. They weren't even in the gym that day. That's the nastiest dunk I ever had on game point. Dang, boy. I, I just went in. Like, dude got hurt. I went in. had to guard him. I knew what the guy could do. So I was trying to fend for that. Like, I was trying to fend. That spin was so quick. I mean, it was just a boom. Dude threw it up. Game time, and that was the end of the game. I was like, dang. So, anyway. So, yeah, Tebow's going to have a target on his back. But he's always had a target on his back, man. Tebow's always had a target on his back. You know, he's a man of the Lord. He's uh, not ashamed about that. Why you got a target? I think in college, he had a target on his back just because he would do the Bible verses and... I guess people was a little tired of the, the, the Bible verses and the T-bowing, you know, kneeling down to pray or whatever. Like, yeah, you could tell by the comments that other players would make. Like, people was tired of it, you know. I don't think it's that they're necessarily tired of Tebow as much as they're probably tired of the media attention that he gets. And, like, he's the golden boy. And I think that's the problem. Um and the problem also is he gets all this media attention and he's treated like the golden boy, but he's not that talented. And so I think that's where the issue comes into play. A lot of times guys get chance after chance. There's guys, black, white, who run into legal problems and everything else. But when your production doesn't equal the problems, like when your production becomes less than the problems that you're giving, then I think that's when teams kind of, they're like, all right, we're done, right? This guy's been arrested two times, but he still gets his big contract. Well, because he's still productive. I think Tebow, he gets all this media attention. He gets all this hype, but he's not productive. He's not a great passer. He's not a great runner. Right now, he's playing tight end. You're going to tell me he's a great blocker? You, if I put him on Vaughn Miller, you think he can block Vaughn Miller? Maybe they're not going to use him as a blocker. Maybe they're going to use him as some tight, sort of... Or a tight end, you're on the line. And I'm saying, I'm, but they may... They got Trevor Lawrence. You know right. they're airing the ball out. This goes back to what I just said then. What is the benefit of him being on the team? What is him being bene, the benefit of him being on the field? If I can't put you on the line as a tight end, you can't tell me that you're a great pass catcher. He might be. We ain't never seen him. 
So what is the point of you being on the team? And that's the issue that I have with this whole thing. And I think that's the issue that a lot of players have. If you had some young kid out of college who played tight end in college, A, I played the position. B, I may not be the greatest route runner. Or I may not be the best catcher, but I can block. Or I may not be the best blocker, but I'm a great route runner. I can catch. Or I'm 6'4 or 6'5. And I'm a threat in the red zone. What is Tebow? Well, I guess we're going to find out. He ain't going to make the team, man. Urban Meyer's the coach. He's going to make the team. He's not going to make the team. There's going to be too much backlash. Urban Meyer is going to probably have a conversation on the side. Tebow will probably just quietly, hey, I appreciate the opportunity, but I'm going to officially retire type deal. That way, no egg on anybody's face. And... The locker room can kind of chill out. The media attention will chill out and everything else because it really is no benefit. Trevor Lawrence, what what are they going to do now? Put packages in where Tebow comes from off the tight end position. Trevor Lawrence now goes to the, the slot position and now Tebow's the quarterback. Like, there's no benefit. Bro, he can't pass. Like, he's not a threat. He's not a threat. The boy's a winner, man. His last, his last, his last stint in the league, he was a winner when he was starting quarterback. There is no defensive coordinator in the league who is losing sleep over Tim Tebow. They was losing huh. games though. Have you watched the games? Yeah, I did. I I just described the end of one of them. <laughs> end of one of them. It was a, a playoff game when they. It was when he took over. They were like two and six. What were they doing? The 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 other 60 minutes before that one pass. What was he doing before that? Oftentimes what happens with Tebow is there's a great defense. His defense is solid and they're able to keep the teams down. But Tebow wasn't producing. He wasn't lighting anything up. I ain't saying he was lightening up. I, I didn't say that. I, all I said was he was a winner. I didn't talk about no talent, no skill, no nothing. I said he was a winner. Okay. Give me give me a winner and we got a chance. Okay. Give me a winner and we got a chance. That's okay. that. That hey. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> You're a 49ers fan? Yeah. I don't want him nowhere in my squad. <laughs> don't give me a, I don't want him nowhere in my squad. I I want Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I would have traded Garoppolo and Trey Lance and Somebody grandma for Aaron Rodgers. I want Aaron. I wanted Aaron Rodgers. I want. I'm sorry, present tense. I ain't past since present tense. Here's the issue with Aaron Rodgers. It's not even an issue. And I'm, I'm not even going to. I, I want Aaron Rodgers. I think if we had Aaron Rodgers, we would be an instant Super Bowl contender. Number one, coming out the NFC. I, I honestly do think that. But I also think the way what you just mortgage to get to that number three spot, you mortgage your future, and you're only going to have Aaron Rodgers for another maybe three years. I, I I get it, but I'm hoping that with Shanahan and what he can develop with Trey Lance, maybe we'll have that chemistry that maybe Pat Mahomes or somebody else, where it's like for the next fifteen years. San Francisco is one of the top teams. Man, that's when now. 
I, I'm, I, I want to win now. I don't care about the future. I, that's why you know why teams like the Lakers, the Yankees, the Celtics, like those teams are always successful because they plan to win now. They're not playing to win in the future. They want to win now, and they're consistently trying to win now. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'm with you. Win now, people. That's my final message for tonight. Plan on winning now. Yeah, hope you know you want to do well in the future, but plan on winning today. I hear you. I don't think Jacksonville is planning on winning. No time with Tim Tebow on that roster. Hey, hey, we play, we play the game. How how uh, uh, we play, we play to win the game? Hello. That's the only reason we play the game. We play to win the game. Folks, you got to play to win the game. See, that's what Tebow brings to the locker room. He brings inspiration, all right? He wants to, uh, he uh, uh, aspires to inspire before you expire. And that's what you folks need to do. You got to get that, that that spirit, that can do, that yes, I can. Yes, we will. If Hey, if we're on the field, we got a shot today. Let's do this, guys, together. Yes, we can. That's what Tebow brings to a locker room, baby. I believe. I believe that we will win. That's what you got to have in your personal life. Forget about football. This is about your life. What kind of life do you want to live? What kind of life do you want to lead, huh? What's your legacy going to be? What are you playing for, Michael? Are you playing for the name that's on the back of your jersey? Are you playing for the name that's on the front of your jersey? This is a team. It says we. My shirt says we. Because you know why? It's not about me. It's about us. It's not about them. It's about us and how we're going to attack this thing. And we're going to go out there and we're going to win, baby. And we're going to win big. And they're going to know that we came here to win. Now let's go win. Let's go. That's what you get with Tebow. With that said, time is it? It's Tebow time. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Michael Kennedy Doesn't Get It podcast. That inspirational, that inspirational speech was brought to you none other than Brother Kennedy Alexander. Thank you very kindly. All right, thank you for joining us. Take care. Catch us next time. Peace. Peace. (laughs) 